and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today, and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. This morning, um, I've been having this on my heart about living in these, in these last days, and you see all the things that are going on around us. And I don't need to tell you that you're seeing things nowadays that we have never seen before. And, you know, it used to be that the skeptics would say, well, those things have always happened, and this has always been there, but we're seeing things that have never happened before in our day and age. And how many know that's a reminder that God is telling you and I that we're in the last days? Amen? So this morning, I've titled the sermon this morning, The Wake-Up Call. The Wake-Up Call. I don't know about you, but I've been to hotels. Part of my job sometimes that I, where I get paid Monday through Friday to make a living uh, sends me out to different places. And sometimes I'll have the front desk give me a wake-up call. So if I tell them, wake me up at 5 o'clock, they call your room. And nobody's on the other end if you pick it up. It's just a call. Typically, that's called a wake-up call. Now, how many have ever done that, right? You've done that, taken advantage of that. Or... Most commonly, you have an alarm clock next to your bed. It could be your phone, or it could be an actual clock that goes off every day at the same time, unless you're retired, huh, Irene? <laughs> yes, retired people every day Saturday. But for us that work, we have to get up at, a, at, a, at an exact time. But the point is, we have to have a wake-up call. But before I get into my sermon, let me, let me read a little story about a preacher named Jim Dunn. Jim Dunn sometimes forgot when to stop preaching. He was one of those long-winded preachers. One Sunday, the sermon seemed to go on forever and ever, and many in his congregation began to fall asleep. Now, his, his beautiful wife, her name was Gladys, Gladys Dunn, and she's a lot like my wife, energetic and friendly to people. And Gladys loved to greet visitors after church. And so this one Sunday, she walked up to a sleepy new guest after service, stuck out her hand and said, hello, I'm Gladys Dunn. And the sleepy man looked back at her and, and replied, you're not the only one. Ha, 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 ha. Gladys Dunn, glad it's done. Okay. You know, hopefully I don't bore you to the point of falling asleep here. But uh, I just add that humor to let you know that spiritually, we can fall asleep if we're not careful. Spiritually, we can become immune to those things going on around us and say, well, that's no big deal. You know that those of us that are young kids that have grown up with some of these video games of warfare and, and they see this day after day, play these games. And again, I'm not saying all games are bad, but, you know, back in my day when we just had Atari, you know, the original Atari uh, there was no violence back then. The, the original Atari Nintendos, there was none of that violence that you have nowadays. Kids become immune to all this stuff. Uh, I don't have to tell you that. I think you know that. And so we have to be careful as parents what and how much we're allowing our kids to process. Their minds are developing. And you've got to point them and, and show them the right way. Amen? amen. Can, I, can I get a louder amen? Amen. amen. So... You know, here, here's what I want to ask you this morning. Do you spiritually need a wake-up call this morning? Or are you, just, are you going through life seemingly and, and nothing, nothing's really bothering you with the sin that I'm talking about, the things that are going on in this world? Because we live in a, in a tragic 
world where things happen, bad things happen, and we see that all the time. Um, This morning, won't you stand with me as we read from the book of Romans, chapter 13, that's going to be our sermon text. If you can stand, if not, you're you're fine, but um, Romans chapter 13, starting in verse 11, I believe it's on your outline, but here's what it says. And do this, understanding the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. Let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. So let's pray this morning. Father, Again, we thank you for your word. I know that your word contains eternal truths. Even though this word may have been written 2,000 years ago, your Holy Spirit brings this to life. It brings it to life in our lives today, in 2018. So I pray this morning, your anointing, that I would speak your word and declare it with truth and that we would have ears to hear this morning your word, your uh, word that is truth, Father. For you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Lord, we give you the glory and honor this morning, and thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Amen. So, there's a lot going on there in that text, but it's really, it's really telling us about how our present time, we live in a dangerous age. We live in a very dangerous age. Um, I, I spoke to somebody yesterday at the family get-together retirement party, and they were telling me how... They're, they're fearful of death. As he began to talk to me about being fearful of death, and I, and I said, well, you know why you're fearful of death, right? Because you don't know where you're going. And he, he agreed with me. He wasn't sure. And I go, you know that could be settled right now. And, and so we just kept got going back and forth. And it was amazing yesterday. The, just because everybody found out I was a minister, most of them didn't know that, but all of a sudden you get people coming from all out of the woodwork wanting to question it. It's just amazing. So I, I don't really tell people I'm a minister a lot of times because you get all kinds of questions. And anyways, that's a whole different subject. But here, here was the thing. This, this person that I was talking to was awake to realize he wasn't where he needed to be. Yet he's struggling to find and get to where he needs to be. But he's not doing the things that you and I know to get there. Prayer, reading your Bible, attending a church, fellowshipping. Those four core things, if you're not doing them, you're disconnected. You're, and it's hard to be a Lone Ranger Christian. How many agree with me on that? You think you, think you can be a Lone Ranger Christian, be, be strong and mighty in the armor of God? No, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. And that's why... We're, we're together as a team, as a, as a fellowship. We're strong, united. Amen? Yeah. And, and that's what the Lord wants for us in these last days. But the enemy is trying to make us become so immune that everything, we, we just realize, oh, well, that's no big deal. Oh, that's nothing. You know, and, and that when you turn on the TV and, and watch a program and there's things that would make your parents roll over in their grave if they were to watch that, um, that you become immune to that. Or, or the video games that are so graphic nowadays, they're, they're very graphic, so we need to be careful of that. But 
How many know America today, we're in a free fall morally? It's just, it's just going out of control more and more. As every year goes by, we see things that we never thought we'd ever see before. We, we, we just, it's unbelievable. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a believer, I'm a pastor. There's things that you and I see, that we read, that we witness on TV, that we're, you're going, how in the world is that going on today? You know, it just, we're in a free fall morally. And if you don't realize that, you need a spiritual wake-up call this morning. Amen? People say this, and you may have heard people say this, well, as long as I'm not hurting anybody, it's okay. How many have heard that before? Well, as long as they're not hurting anybody. You know, and, and they're, that's a dangerous thing to say because I believe those people are in a serious need of a spiritual wake-up call. Amen? The world has lost its God-given purpose. We all were created with a purpose, amen? And, and the world has lost that when you begin to say things like that. Every day, again, we, we see things on the news. Um, I remember back as a young kid, 1976, there was an Olympic year, and there was the decathlon winner was a man by the name of Bruce Jenner. He made the box of Wheaties. And who would have ever thought that in 2018, his name would be Caitlin? That same guy. I mean, who would have ever thought that? Nobody. They would have thought you were nuts. You know, I looked that up the other day because I remember seeing him on the box of Wheaties. I used to love Wheaties when I was a kid. And, and here he goes by the name of Caitlin in 2018. Bruce Jenner doesn't exist anymore. Or the fact that divorce rate is above 50% in the United States. If you ask me, well, what do you think about my marriage, Pastor? Well, give me a coin. Let's flip it. Really, seriously, let's flip the coin and let's, let's make a call. Because that's, that's really the reality for the world. And unfortunately, it's become that way for much of the church as well. And again, I'm not trying to pick on you if that's been you or you've been in there. Life happens. I understand that. Life happens. But let's not fall asleep to that or think, oh, that's the norm. That's not God's norm. That's not his plan for you and I. Or, or the fact that, School shootings would become the norm. I mean, it's tragic. Every single few months we hear of a school shooting. And it's tragic. It's it absolutely, like I mentioned last week, it just it made me angry, so, so angry when the latest school shooting happened. I was homesick and I was able to watch the news and I think it just infiltrated my mind so much and my spirit. I just re- became really angry at the enemy for how he's come in and destroyed innocent lives. But that's what the world is saying. Um, well, you know, our thoughts are with you. And, and then they go on and nothing gets done. Nothing gets done. We're still sitting here the same in terms of laws as we were two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Nothing's changed. That's a whole other situation, political argument there. But my point is we live in a sinful world we live in a sinful world, and if we're not recognizing that, you're turning a blind eye to reality. It's up to the church, meaning you and I, to shine the light of Christ into this world. Everywhere you go, in your jobs, in your workplace, at the laundromat, at the gym, the light of Christ needs to shine. They need to be able to say, Irene, why is it that you're different? You know, I, I want what you have. Mother Betty, what do you have? What's that, that glow about you that you have? And it's not the skin products you're wearing. It's the glow. It's the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. That's what it should be for every single one of us. Amen? Amen. 
We need to be the church. You and I are the church. Believers, you and I are the church. It's not a building. It's not this school. It's not a, a, a building with a steeple on it. There's no special significance about a building. You and I are the church. If we were to march out in the street today, we are the church. Amen? We are to keep the light of Christ shining. And then, going back to, to this wake-up call, the Bible says it's late in the age. Romans 13.12 uses the word the night. This word literally denotes nighttime. Nighttime. How many know that nothing good, I remember my dad telling us this, nothing good happens at 2 a.m. in the morning. Nothing good happens at 3 a.m. in the morning. And you can all, I mean, I can testify to that back when I was younger. Nothing good happens at that hour. But it also, this word denotes a state of ignorance, crime, and is synonymous with the word darkness. Darkness, is, when found in the Bible, is usually applying to the things opposite of God. It's the world of Satan and his, his angels. Amen? Such deeds are commonly committed at night. Why? Because there's no light to shine upon it. There's no light to shine upon it. And spiritually, it's the same way. Where God's light is, He exposes darkness. He exposes sin. But the Lord here is saying, it's late in the age. It's dark. The dark night is coming. It's coming. And um, we have to be aware of that. We have to be awake to that. So not only is it, is it late in the age, but it's late in our lives. Let me read a scripture to you. James chapter 4 and verse 14. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Everybody do me a favor. Just blink your eyes, just like that. Blink your eyes. That's really how, how fast your life goes. If you don't believe me, the older you get, the more you realize that. When you're a young teenager, you're thinking, oh, I've got all my life ahead of me. Um, the scripture here tells us that you do not know what will happen tomorrow. Amen? Amen? You do not know. I had... Friends, you know, I've told you about my son, 20 years old when he passed away. But I had high school friends that died in high school. I had friends that died at the age of 19, 20, 21. And all throughout my life, you've known people that have passed at a young age. None of you have tomorrow promised. So you can't sit here and tell me, well, I've got my whole life ahead of me. No, you have today. That's pretty much all you've been given. That's a given right now. And whether we're going to make it to the midnight tonight... That's a whole other question. We don't know. So we live minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. Amen? Each of us have opportunities. And why the Lord reminds us with those scriptures is it's late in our lives, but each of us are given opportunities. For example, the Lord can speak to you and, and you can say, well, yeah, I, I want to do that. I, I, I want to play drums. I, I, I want to play the bass. Um, but I'll do that later. If the Lord's speaking to you now, you need to do it now. Amen, Elaine? I just heard you say amen. You do it. Amen? You know what, what I love about her? She came to our church and she said, you know what? I want to help out with, uh, just tell me when you run low on supplies here, the plates, the, the cups. And she does that. Nobody asked her to do that. She just saw a need and stepped up and, and partook and, and took command of that. So that's awesome. That's really what the Lord wants with all of us. If you see a need, jump at it. 
You don't have to wait for Pastor Rick or anybody to tell you, hey, can you help us out here? Just jump in and God will bless you for that. Amen? Amen. Just do it. Amen. As the Nike slogan used to say, or still does, I don't know. And then, and then uh, it also says, it's late in the day of opportunity. It's late. So it's late in the age, it's late in our lives, and it's late in the day of opportunity. John chapter 9 and verse 4. I think we have this scripture here. Maybe, maybe not. John chapter 9 and verse 4. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. What it's saying is that as long as Jesus Christ is here, what it's meaning is as long as he's here, we can do the work of Christ. But there's coming a day when he's going to rapture us out and there's only going to be darkness here. Sin is going to be here and we can no longer do those works. Amen. Right now is the time. Today is the day of salvation, as the Bible says. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week, next month. Today. So listen, church, if God is speaking to you today, it's a day of opportunity. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I want to follow that up with three things we need to do. Everybody say three things. Three things. things. I'd like to keep it simple here, okay? Um, Number one, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. How many have to go to work tomorrow morning? Monday morning. Raise your hand if that's you. You get to be blessed just like me. Amen. And you retired people, oh boy, it's just Saturday. Okay. But, but tomorrow morning, for most of us, there's going to be an alarm clock that will go off. Some of you really early. David, I know you get up early. Some of you a little later. Um, I'm usually up 5.30, 6, every day. And, um, you know, off to work you go. Because the, as the bumper sticker says, off to, or I owe, I owe, so off to work I go, right? And you retired people, it's just Saturday. Amen. Enjoy it. But here's the thing, it's time to wake up. Spiritually now, it's time to wake up. Romans 13 and verse 11. Romans 13 and verse 11. Let me just read that again. Romans 13 and verse 11, where it says here, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Here's what it's trying to say that what it wants you to comprehend is that a deep conviction of the nearness of eternity will prompt a man or a woman to live an upright life. In other words, as you see the day approaching, as you see the wickedness that's going on all around us, it should cause you to think, Lord, I know this is the last day. I need to get right with you. I need to wake up spiritually. I need to begin to do the things that you want me to be doing because your day is coming. I mean, biblically in in prophecy, there's no event that God is waiting for that is yet to be done in order for the rapture to take place. If you believe in the rapture, like I believe the Lord, the word declares which is the next prophetic event to occur, there's nothing that is holding that from happening. It could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen 10 years from now. But there's nothing to prevent that from happening. But the the people that are going up in the rapture are believers. Believers, amen? And and so here's the wake-up call. Are we awake to that fact? It is going to happen whether you're ready or not. It's going to happen. That alarm clock is going to go off for you tomorrow morning, whether you're ready or not. 
at whether you got to bed early enough or whether you got to bed late, it's still going to go off at the time you programmed it. Amen? Are you ready? Amen? Here's, here's another scripture I'd like to read that goes along with that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 4. Chapter 5 and verse 4. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. See, because we're believers, because we have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us, God speaks to you and through you. As my brother Ed Miller would always say, God gives us signs. He gives you warning signs. Amen? Medically, He he gives you signs. I mean, we've got nurses in here. Uh, God is just amazing the way He designed our body. There are signs all around us that tell you what you need to do to take care of your body. There are signs all around us of what we need to do to take care of us spiritually. We see these things that are going on in our world, and we can't help but think, Lord, we are in the last days. And that's called being awake. Being awake. Amen? You, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness. Because you sit here and listen to sermon after sermon doesn't mean that you're not in darkness. Because what separates that person is, is, is are you a doer or just a hearer? You know what I'm saying? You can sit here in church and not be a believer. Let me repeat that again. You can sit here in church and still not be a believer. Just because I sit in my garage doesn't make me a car any more than if I sit in a church makes me a believer, even though I may come every Sunday. What separates a believer is being a doer of His Word, letting your light shine, letting the fruit of the Spirit shine and flow in your life to others. Are you loving others? Are you sharing with others what God has given you? Amen? Amen. That's what we need to have. Amen? So it's time to wake up. Number two, it's time to clean up, the Bible says. To clean up. And what do, I, what do I mean by that? Verses 12 through 13. Let me read this again to you. Um, sorry, I keep losing it up here. My spot. But verses 12 through 13 say this. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual morality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. And, and I want to read another scripture, a companion scripture to that found in 1 Thessalonians. I don't have this on your outline, but it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 7 through 8. Listen to these words. It says, it says the following, For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate. Do you hear that? Putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Amen. What, what the Lord is saying is that we need to put on our breastplate. How many have been coming to Wednesday nights? We've been talking about the armor of God. You know... The, the extension of the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, is that it gives you faith and love. You should exude 
faith and love when you put that on. It's not just to protect you, but it should exude faith and love. Amen? Faith and love is what the world needs today. They don't exude faith and love. The world does not exude. In fact, you will find that out tomorrow on Monday, especially on Mondays, right? How many can say amen to that? They will not be exuding faith and love tomorrow morning because they're going to come in all hungover and, 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 and on and on and on. And it's going to be a mess and your light will be able to shine to them. You'll be able to say, like I, I could say to them, well, you know what I used to do when I was in that situation or you know how God helped me and let your light shine before all men. Amen? Amen. Let it shine. The Bible says, put off those works of darkness. How many here are a new creation? Are you a new creation today? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says you're a new creation. The old is gone. It's been buried. The death, the burial, the resurrection. You've been risen as a new believer in Christ. And now you exhibit new fruit of the Spirit. The old acts of darkness, the, the drunkenness, the carousing. The, the Bible says carousing, meaning like orgies and stuff like that. The darkness of this world you've put off and no longer are members of that. Amen? God is working on us. Amen? Tell your neighbor and, and tell him again, God is working on me. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4 says the following, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. I don't need to say anything more about that. That's pretty black and white right there. Jeremiah 6.15 says the following, Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They don't even know how to blush. They don't blush anymore. That, that's what happens when you're spiritually dead, when, when you're in so need of a wake-up call. It doesn't bother you anymore. No, they have no shame at all. And that's a very dangerous, dangerous place, church. If you get to the point where there's sin that doesn't bother you anymore. Can I have someone turn the heater on again? It's getting a little chilly in here. Um, Robert, thank you very much. And again, we have to be aware of what's going on around us. Amen? Amen. Isaiah 13 and verse 9 says the following. See the day of the Lord is coming, a cruel day with wrath and fierce anger, to make the land desolate, and destroy the sinners within it. The Lord's day is coming. But here's what the Bible tells us. It's the good news. He is coming to rapture his church. He's going to take his believers with him. His church. You and I. And we will be in heaven to rejoice with him. But the believers or the non-believers that are left behind. Are going to experience the wrath. Uh, uh, Satan's uh, attack upon them. Uh, like never before the Bible tells us. You and I do not want to be here for that time. Let me tell you right now. I've read the book of Revelation. You don't want to be here. You don't want to take the mark. You don't want to pass go when it comes to those things of God. You don't want to take... Seriously, there's a mark that will be implanted. The Bible says, written so many thousands of years ago, yet it declares a truth that's already happening in our day today. There's chips that are being planted under your, your skin... In your hand, I believe it says the right hand, and then your forehead, and they're basically microchips. They're already experimenting with this stuff. It's already happening. And this is written and spoken about in the book of Revelation, that you will not be able to buy, sell, or trade without that mark. But the Bible goes on to say that's the mark of the beast, of the Antichrist. If you take that mark, 
There's no passing go, no chance of going to hell. The Bible says you're going straight to hell if you take that mark. So if for some reason you get left behind, listen to me now, and you are left behind and they're telling you to take that mark, don't take that mark. You, you will not take that mark if you want to see everlasting life with Jesus Christ and your loved ones. Amen? Yeah. Amen. The third point here, it's time to get dressed. It's time to get dressed. So what do I mean by that? Let, let's read that scripture again. Romans 12, 13 and 14. Let me read verse 14. Rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. So how are we clothing Jesus Christ? Does it mean I got to put a suit on? No, no, I'm not, it's not talking about that. Or put on your Sunday best, as they used to say it, they used to call it. No, it's not about that. God's not concerned about your outward appearance as he is about your inward. Amen? How many know that? God's concerned about your heart, about your spirit. Is it in the right place? Is it, are you choosing to love your, your, not only your God, but your spouse, your children? Are you choosing to lead them as a leader in your home? Are you choosing to uh, teach them the ways of God? Are you doing the things that you know to be true? That's what the Bible is talking about, being dressed in the power of Almighty God. Put on Jesus Christ as Lord. Put him on as master for direction. Again, I, I have mentioned it here the last few weeks, but are you seeking God for direction in your life? Are you saying, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Lord, I'm contemplating refinancing. Lord, I'm contemplating buying a new house. Lord, I'm contemplating that reverse mortgage. I don't know if that works for me. And whatever it may be, Lord, help me to figure that out. Don't just go out on your own and make a decision. Ask the Lord to help you with that. Are you seeking Him and putting Him on as Savior for deliverance? Is there something that you need to be delivered from? Is there something that you're struggling with that, that's got you beat seemingly day after day, week after week, year after year? It's the same thing and you get no result. Are you putting Him on as a Savior of deliverance in your life? Because He can deliver, deliver you out of anything. Amen? How many here have been set free of something? Amen? Raise your hand. Give Him glory right now. Give Him glory. All the glory to God for setting us free. We're not captives to the enemy anymore. We're not captives. We're new creations. Amen? And then finally, are you putting Him on as a Messiah for dominion? That means all power was given to Jesus Christ over this earth here. And he's basically telling you, you have that same power now through the Holy Spirit to take dominion over the devil, over his demons, over any attack that comes against you. You can overtake that in his power. You have dominion over that. Are you putting that on every day? Are you taking dominion in your life for not only yourself, but your children, your spouse, your job place? You go in there and say, I mean business. I take dominion in this place today. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's how you get dressed in the name of Jesus, how you put him on. So what do we do? What do we do? Point, the point, first, first point I had here was you, it's time to wake up. Then secondly, it's time to clean up, yes. putting on the armor of light, which is faith and love. And then the third point was it's time to get dressed. Time to get dressed. And now in closing... I wasn't going to take too long because we got a chili cook-off. Anyways, in closing, 
Make no provision for the flesh, the Bible says. Here's, here's what I know, and I mentioned this, I believe it was last week. An idle mind is what? The devil's workshop, right? You've heard that before, but let me tell you, that's not a scripture. It's not a scripture. There's no scripture in the Bible that says that, but it's really Bible. It, it really is because the, the Word of God says that a man must work, and we are to support and, and, and the women as well, you know, in, in our generation, it's very difficult if the woman doesn't work, you know, as well. Two, two uh, family uh, household that work, that have careers, and that's just the way it goes nowadays, right? It wasn't like that in our parents' or grandparents' generations. But here, here's the point. When we have idle time, when we're not working, and you're just sitting there and nothing to do, that's when the devil attacks. How many know that? you got to keep yourself busy. If you're struggling with something, it could be, in our day and age, it could be pornography. It could be a vice, a drug, an alcohol, whatever it may be. Don't be idle. Don't be idle. You're setting yourself up. You're walking right down the hall where you're going to get tempted and you're going to fall because the enemy is a liar and he'll convince you that's the way you got to go. The enemy is a liar. Don't you forget that. God has set you free from all that. Amen? See, the word provision here used in verse 14, the word provision is used to denote care, provident care, providential care, or preparation for future needs, that God will take care of your future. Not only will He take care of you now, but He's going to take care of your future needs. And here what we tend to do is we tend to worry about... Lord, it's not working out. And it's never going to work out. And I'm always going to be in the same situation. And then you begin to do the things that you feel you should be doing without ever consulting God. And God's telling you, reminding you, no, I got this. I'm going to walk with you today through that struggle. I'm going to walk with you next week and the following week and next month. Amen? Amen. Come on. It means that we should not make or we should make... uh, Make it not an object to gratify our lusts or to spend time just thinking and desiring those thoughts, whatever those thoughts may be. We can't just be idle, church. We have to be working. We are in those last days. As the Bible says, darkness is coming. Darkness is coming. The time is short. Don't be idle. Be active. Be doing something for the kingdom of God. Amen? And it doesn't, just, it doesn't have to be in here. This is a small part. I'm speaking to the choir here. I'm speaking to believers here. It's churches outside of this building. It's what you do outside of here. That's, that's church. This right here, we're just having fellowship. We're just, we're just reading the word of God and, and learning and growing. But where church happens is outside these doors. Where the rubber meets the road, as they say. Amen. How are, how are you doing in your job? Are you letting your light shine? Are you being real with people? Are you praying with them? Are you taking them aside and saying, Hey, listen, this is what God did for me. Can I, can I pray with you? And let me tell you, there's something that people can't ever argue about with you. That's a testimony. If you have a testimony where God has done something powerful in your life, they can't argue that, nor will they. They'll just listen to you and, and they'll receive that. That's a great opportunity for you to impart into their life. That's where you become the church in that, in that moment. Amen? That's how we accomplish that. As believers in Christ, we got baptized in the waters of baptism, signifying the death, the burial, the resurrection. Amen? 
How many can say amen because they've been baptized, amen? Signifying death, burial, and resurrection. Now, baptism doesn't save you. Baptism doesn't save you. What Jesus Christ did on the cross is what saves you. His blood on the cross is what saves you. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Showing our commitment and identity with Christ in the death, the burial, and resurrection of his sacrifice. Secondly, how do we accomplish this? Of making no provision for the flesh? We exemplify the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. See, before I was a believer, it wasn't love, peace, joy, kindness, goodness that was flowing out of my heart. Not at all, not even close. It was quite the opposite. It was the, the desires or the, the fleshly things that were coming out. But when I became a born-again believer, the Lord changed me. He transformed my mind. We were having a conversation in the car coming home last night about foul language. And we, we don't use foul language in my household. But the point was, uh, my, my girls were trying to understand how, how could God do that just shut that language up because I, I told them I would have no problem letting out this, letting out that. I don't say cuss words. I just They don't even come in my mind to say them. Uh, it doesn't mean I don't all of a sudden, uh, you know, every now and then you get a word that comes into your mind. We're just human, right? But I rebuke that in Jesus' name. But I don't, I don't as a common everyday circumstance, they don't come to my mind. You know, when someone cuts me off, I don't have this word that comes up in my mind while you... Blankety blank. It just doesn't happen. And, and the reason why I began to tell him is because I prayed, Lord, I cuss. Take that away from me. Just like I prayed, Lord, I drink. Take it away from me. And guess what the Lord did? He took it away. He took it away. He took it away. I didn't give it up. He took it away. There's a huge difference. When he takes it away, it's gone. It's gone. But now, now, can I entertain that again? Absolutely. I can still fall back into that trap if I'm not careful. But instead, I'm a new creation now, and I begin to exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. Now, love, peace, joy, goodness, kindness, patience, all these attributes begin to flow out because that's what I want to do. I want to serve a Lord, a living God. Amen? I, I don't want to serve the devil. Uh, the time is too short for that. I gave that life up a long time ago. Amen? Avoid the temptations that would lead us into sin. Every one of you have temptations. And it may not be what I mentioned. It could be food. It could be walking into a candy store like a music store and charging a thousand bucks because that's your vice, you know. Just picking on you, bro. I know that's not his vice. That's why I can pick on him. But you know what I mean? Every one of us have an area that we have to be careful in. Don't walk into temptation. You walk away from temptation. Amen? In fact, if you have to, you run from it. Amen? Don't walk. Put, put, put yourselves to high-stepping out of there. Amen? You become a sprinter. You become Usain Bolt in that moment and run out of there. You can't live in there. You can't live in your temptation because you're going to fall. You're only human like, you, like myself. Jesus Christ was the only perfect person that ever lived on this earth. And if you think you're strong enough to handle that temptation, you're gravely mistaken. Amen? Amen. When we live in this manner of glorifying God, we shut the door to the fleshly desires. We, shut, we slam it shut. 
we slam it shut, but it can't be open when we live for God, when our mind is occupied, when we're busy doing works for Him and through Him. Amen? We shut that door. Because those fleshly desires, how many know, they want to control you. They want to control your every thought. They want to control um, everything that, that, that you say, that you do. And, and, and you don't have to be in that position. Thank you. I mean, you don't have to be in that position. God has set you free and he wants you to walk in freedom. Amen? Amen. You're a new creation. How many are thankful that the old is gone, that the new has come? Amen? This morning, um, we're going to partake in communion, which is our tradition every month. Typically, the first Sunday of every month, we partake. But this morning, before we do that, I want to pray. Uh, Before we ever take communion, number one, I want to make sure your hearts are right. Every one of us need to have a heart that's right, that's pure before God. And how do you do that? By just saying, Lord, fix me right now. And He can. He can forgive you right now of anything that you've got going on in your life. I know none of us here are perfect. If you are, you you need to be in heaven right now, (laughs) not here. But let's bow our uh, heads right now and close our eyes and just begin to pray. Father, Lord, you hear our hearts this morning. Lord, we we know that we're in the last days. And Father, maybe we we had a wake-up call. Maybe somebody here had a wake-up call this morning. And Lord, you're speaking to them. And Lord, you're reminding them that of the great love that you have for them. But Lord, maybe they're at a place where they're not where they want to be. And maybe they're struggling to get where they need to be. I pray, Father, speak to their heart right this moment. Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, come upon them and remind them how much you love them and that you have a plan for them and that you're walking alongside that person right now and that you're going to continue to walk alongside that person going forward. So I pray right now, if that's you with with the head bowed and eyes closed, if that's you right now, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand if that's you. If you want prayer this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, this morning we love you. We praise you. And I pray, Lord, as a whole, as a congregation here this morning, that you would hear our prayers. Every one of us, I don't care who we are, how long we've been serving God, We'll struggle with certain things from time to time. But I pray that you would be our strength today. Lord, I pray, Father, that not only would you be our strength, but, Father, forgive us. Forgive us today. Forgive me, Lord, today. If I've hidden something in the recesses of my heart that I've not asked you to forgive me for. Lord, if it's been a, um, a, a word I've said to somebody, maybe a a situation, Lord, that I've completely forgotten about. Father, would you forgive me of that right now? And Lord, I pray that for every single person here today, that you would forgive them, Lord, of their sin, whatever it may be, that maybe even they have forgotten. And that, Father, that you would make us clean. The Bible says, white as snow. And Lord, what a beautiful picture that is, to be white as snow and clean, Lord, before you. And Lord, We come to you this morning because you love us by by your grace. We have been saved, not by any works, lest any man should boast, the Bible says, but by your grace. It's your wonderful mercy and grace that gets us to that point. So, Lord, I thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you paid the ultimate price on the cross so that we could have everlasting life. 
We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.